I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, July 13th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Jay, so there was a huge reveal today. NASA finally published the first shots from the James Webb Telescope. Are you familiar with the the James Webb Telescope? I saw the pictures, and I used to work with a guy named James Webb. It's not the same guy. Wouldn't that be crazy? It would be. He he was a great guy and super talented, but this was not his field of expertise. The the, the photos are incredible. I've seen the before and afters of what they had with the normal, the old school, bad Hubble telescope compared to what they have today. And it's incredible. Do you know, have any idea how much it costs to to build, though? It's $10 billion, Jay. That's how much it costs to build. And it took a long time, but they actually got it done. And actually, it gives me some hope that we can actually build big things, send them out into space and take these cool pictures and study it and learn a lot about how the galaxies and atmospheres and stars and planets, how they all work. It's very exciting stuff. Would you rather spend $10 billion on that telescope or four times that on Twitter? You know, Jay, are we talking about connecting galaxies or connecting communities? Oh, that's really a utopian view of what Twitter is. You know, Elon's trying to do it all. He's trying to do both, actually. Brett, aside from James Webb's telescope and not the James Webb I knew in the city of San Jose, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Well, we got a great bundle of stories for you today, Jay. So for our first story, the feds want to prevent another Rogers blackout. For our second story, private equity firms are bullish on dental clinics. And for our last story, it's going to be a big day for the Canadian economy. For our first story, as we navigate the post-Rogers blackout era, which I think we're going to call the PRBE here at the Peak Daily, the federal government has stepped up to make sure future service shutdowns aren't so, like, apocalyptic, Brett. So it's probably good that we're learning lessons from the blackout. What are we going to learn, Brett? If that's what the apocalypse is like, Jay, then it's not going to be that bad. I'll put it that way. Well, let's start with what's happening. So Canada's industry minister has given the country's major wireless carriers, yes, all of them, 60 days to figure out how they can better support each other during network outages. You love when allies, you know, when, when rivals become allies. Yeah, I mean, all of them. There aren't that many, so it's not that big of a deal if they can actually cooperate. But telcos have been instructed to leave their differences at the door and allow customers from other providers to access emergency roaming services if needed. They'll also have to revise formal standards to better collectively inform the public about outages and like how many people does this affect? It's like, what do we have, like four carriers here in Canada? Instructions to leave our differences at the door sounds like what my mom used to tell my sister and I when we were fighting as kids. Now, industry insiders told the Globe and Mail that even if this framework was in place, it would not have mitigated the problems caused by the Rogers outage, including impacts on emergency services, transportation, and daily Canadian business podcasts like the Peak Daily Jay. <laughs> Fair By enough. the way, like we, it was crazy to me that we our downloads were cut in half during the Rogers outage day. Yeah, we, we need Rogers, I guess. But the critics argue that competition, not cooperation, is the key to improving service, with York law professor Richard LeBlanc telling the Financial Post that telecoms should be restricted in the bundling of services and forced to lower barriers to switching services. And to, just to tie this all together, that's why these lessons are so important. The outage showed us just how fragile the current telecoms industry is. Now, the debacle and calls for increased competition, that could really spell a lot of trouble. We've talked about this before, but it's worth saying again, because a lot of trouble for the Rogers-Shaw deal. How will we even know if it's it's causing trouble if the phone lines are down? That's, a, that's the last time you can use that joke. Okay, okay fair enough. <laughs> For our second story, big private equity firms are drilling for value and they're finding it in Canadian dental clinics. 
Jay, you get the you get the drilling reference there. Well, pun. I, I do get the pun, and as many people are listening to this podcast, I will actually be at the dentist. So this is a very timely story. Well, my for thoughts and prayers to you, Jay. I hate the dentist <laughs> for today's podcast. So, backed by three private equity firms, two of the country's major dental clinic chains, One Two Three Dentist and Ultima Dental, are merging to take on industry leader Dental Corp. This is according to the Globe and Mail. They could come up with some better names. One, two, three, dentist. Come on. The new company will create a network of 350 clinics across the country, rivaling Dental Corp's 500. Now, this represents 3% of clinics across Canada. Now, Jay, I got to ask, why are private equity firms so interested in dental clinics? Well, private equity firms have been targeting industries such as dental care, veterinary medicine, and pharmacies for consolidation as of late, not without pricing out some newcomers to these industries along the way, but since these fields are relatively solid investments. Jay, why are these businesses such safe investments during turbulent times? Well, the New York Times has observed that they rarely go out of business, often sticking around for decades and cater to a steady stream of repeat clientele. And they offer a bunch of services that you can't get anywhere else because unless you count teeth whitening booths at the mall, no one is cleaning your teeth. That's the only place you can go to get it done. I don't know what mall you're going to, but they are also relatively pandemic proof. They've stayed afloat amidst lockdowns with Canadian dentists offering mostly a resilient outlook, even amidst decreased revenues. And, and this is why it matters. So chains like 123 Dentist and Dental Core only make up 6% of the 15,000 dental practices in Canada. But as consolidation grows, we would be remiss not to point out the criticism that has faced the vet industry lately, that auto clinics may push profits over clients. The Canadian dental, optometry, and veterinary industries are worth their combined $24.5 billion, a sizable figure that will continue to attract attention. And for our last story, we have a jammed-packed day of programming for the Canadian economy today, so buckle up. Brett, are you indeed buckled up? This is my Super Bowl, Jay. I couldn't be more excited about the events happening. So look, it starts off, if you're listening this morning, it starts off at 10 a.m. The Bank of Canada will kick things off with its decision on the overnight interest rate target. Then at 11 a.m., the central bank will present its projection for inflation and growth in the Canadian economy and its assessment of risks. It's it's banger after banger this morning. You are so excited. Economists are predicting a 0.75 percentage point increase rate hike, which would be the biggest increase since 1998 and push the interest rate past pre-pandemic levels. Now, rising rates have already added pressure to some parts of the economy, most notably the once hot housing market. But the central bank has confirmed little will stand in the way of their efforts to bring down the record high 7.7% annual inflation rate that we reported on in May. That's much higher than the bank's 2% target rate, which is kind of what it needs to maintain to uphold its reputation as the Canadian Monetary Authority. The monetary policy report that will follow dives into the global and Canadian economic factors that drive the bank's decision-making. The report unpacks the themes that contribute to inflation, including geopolitical instability and labor. For those of us who are curious, and geopolitical instability and labor are two things we talk about almost every day, Brett. Right. And this is why it matters so much. So rising energy, food, and shelter prices in particular are making life increasingly unaffordable for Canadians. The person recording this podcast can confirm that the cost of a latte in some Toronto cafes has hit nine dollars. Can you believe that, Jay? It's it's, it's a, it's it's a milk, ripoff. It's milkflation, really. That's a good one, and it's becoming a big political issue. 
Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast in your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, I want to harken back to story number two. You were a little bit making fun of 123 Dentist. That's the type of name that lots of companies had when they were actually yellow pages, because that would be the first listing in the dental, and that's who you'd call first. So it's either 123 Dental or AAA Dental or Quadruple A Dental that I got a lot of first calls. It was the precursor to SEO. And that's the type of history that you can expect on the peak deal. That's because I have lots of gray in my beard. Brett, have a good day. You too, Jay.